0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Charting Change in Legal. I'm Caroline Hill. I'm the editor in chief of Legal IT Insider, and I'm here with
1: Ari Kaplan. I am an analyst that covers the legal industry. And Caroline, I know that you just returned from the extraordinary Legal Geek Conference. How was it?
0: It was great. It was absolutely great. It was packed. There were about 1,700 people there. Um, It was rammed. Everybody by day two it's not as long as ilta Um, by day two two full days everybody was exhausted from all the networking which is a kind of nice problem to have um and uh i think everybody turned out in force uh partly because it was a great conference but partly because um to as a sort of nod of respect for jimmy vespert the founder because there was a tube and rail strike um which was a potential disaster for the fourth uh, meaning that people couldn't get there so jimmy literally chartered boats buses, you name it, he found all he said that um he's <laughs> there's a lot of banter on LinkedIn because he said that if anybody turned up by horse on horseback, they would get free tickets um to Legal Geek for Life. Um so I spoke to somebody who was contemplating joining the local pony club which was so there's a lot of hilarity around it, you know, that kind of solidarity that you get when there's a bit of a disaster. Um, yeah. I drove in to London which was two and a half hours, which was a nightmare driving in London. It's not fun. Um, but I got there both days and um, I have to say it was great that like, lots of lots of people there you tend to get the, the innovation heads lawyers you don't tend to get a lot of CIOs or IT heads it's interesting so you, so you, you sort of get certain communities um, and there was um, great networking um, really great networking I think the reason people go there um, I mean I'll, I'll come back to this in a second actually but because I did a few sort of quick fire interviews with people, some really senior people, um, and was talking about what what their priorities were and how their priorities had changed from a few years ago. And what's really interesting is that they go there more for the community um, than perhaps the technology. I don't know if that's a surprise.
1: No, it's not a surprise. And frankly, that's why I go to a lot of these events. And I think that It's very common. I mean, I just got back from Relativity Fest where there were also 1,700-something people, close to 1,800, and uh, it was a wonderful community-type event. It was great sessions, and there were a number of great discussions, but certainly the running with people or having coffee is really the biggest part of those kinds of discussions. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah. They said um, so in these quick fire interviews. Um, they said um, so it, it was quite interesting actually. I said, are you here? What what new tech? You know, are you are you here to look at new technology? And it was quite interesting because a couple of people said um, that that really this year they, they they're not. And without being disrespectful to people that were the vendors at the conference, they said, you know, they that tech almost has plateaued. Like they that we have sort of got to this stage where they used to come. And they used to look at all these startups and I'm sure there still are people coming and looking at the startups and but that the fever pitch around startups and trying new tech has, has kind of plattered people were saying that they hadn't seen anything particularly new um, and I wonder <laughs> I don't want to bring on to gen AI already but I do wonder how much and I ask people how much of that is because of the big changes going on in the background right and they're sort of putting things into context a little bit and how is that changing what people's priorities are when they go to these sorts of conferences?
1: I don't know if you can relate to this, but I feel like we are in a moment now that's kind of like the night before you leave for a trip. I feel like the night before I leave for a trip, my desk is filled with stuff and I have lists of things to do and I end up staying up really, really late so that I can clean it all off In an effort to start something fresh. And I feel like in all the conversations I've had, and I have been lucky now to have had over 300 interviews just in this year alone between the corporate leaders, the research I've done, my podcast, and my sense is that a lot of people are are kind of clearing their desk, their you know, their proverbial desk, their mind, their systems in an effort to make way for what's to come. But I don't know that they can fully focus on that next step because they're still trying to figure out how do I maybe accelerate the processes I have, take maximum advantage of the technology I've already purchased. And so there's a a real conflict there just in terms of people showing you i want to show you this new amazing thing that i've developed and it's probably incredible but right now i just need to kind of get certain things done before i can focus on that and it sounds like there's a lot of conversation there's a lot of fun It's super interesting it's very dynamic a lot of energy but I'm not sure that that energy is commensurate with the amount of action that people are capable of taking at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I compared it to um, like being like having a baby. Yours is the night before travel, but I was like, it's like when you have a baby and you've got all this other stuff that that you've got to do, right? And you're like, oh my goodness, well, I've still got this to do and I've still got that to do and then this, then comes along, and you're just like all of your energy and your focus goes on that as well, you know. And you're like, oh my goodness, but I haven't done this, and I haven't got this ready, and I'm not ready. I'm just not ready. And I think that's what it feels like. And um, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I think there's a lot of that. It was interesting though. So um, there's there was some. some I, I spoke to um, at the conference. I I did an interview. Uh, actually, I did it the day before with Noah Weisberg from Zuba. Uh Um, Yeah, he's great, lots of people know him. Um, He's come out with um, a new um, classification um, product with Laterra and Sally, who I know you know quite well as well. So helping Mm -hmm. people to work on, because obviously one of the things that people aren't ready because one of the reasons they're not ready is because their data, we've talked about this before, but their data's still not ready. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, And so this, you know, there's some interesting developments around how to help people get ready, how to help them classify their data. Noah's new um, offering is around the document management space where obviously that's one of those areas where there's so much information in there. A lot of it hasn't got any metadata attached to it. um, So it's really difficult to find stuff. And. Um, and so when you come to Gen AI, it's it search, you know, it's only as good as your data still, right? So um, so that was interesting. I saw Noah um, at the conference. Um, and um, and then also what was interesting was um, I did an interview at the conference. It was quite funny trying to do an interview there because you get interrupted every five minutes. So I was interviewing Shilpa Bandikar, um, who is one of the uh, IT and innovation heads at Linklaters. Um, and they have just issued a press release about what they're doing with Gen AI, which they, so they've been very quiet about it, unlike some firms. Um, and they uh, they created their own OpenAI chatbot, um, which um, has been got very good uptake. Um, and they're working out all the different use cases from that, which is which has been interesting. They're very much focusing on the learning. Um, so, what you know, c- created it in a safe space using OpenAI Azure, Azure services. Um, and then um, they are also working with a, a consultancy on Google Cloud's Vertex AI, which, which they're using to explore how to do search. Um, so obviously there's lots of different ways, different tools that people are using for search, but finding what you need at the point of need is still really difficult. So when you're doing a deal and you need that that particular deal, that and that transaction, that per, you know, particular jurisdiction. Um, it's really hard still to find it so they're working with Google who obviously everyone we we associate Google search um, to uh, see if they can you know what they can do around that and that's going well as well and they're working with co-council as well which was a bit of a revelation so so yeah that was quite interesting some really really interesting interviews and chats
1: yeah I also experienced a lot of discussions I, I just I wonder if we are at this try, very, mm-hmm. hard a, I try not, very hard not to be a – I try very hard not to be promotional of anything and not to get too excited about any particular process or technology and, and try to be thoughtful about it based on all the conversations I'm lucky to have. And so uh, I find it fascinating but still in a phase of uncertainty. And, uh, you know, lots of organizations deciding, well, really just like studying what their peers are doing to try to determine what that process is going to look like. Although I'm certain that there will be more budget next year for this and you'll see some change. And I think that's what a lot of I hope for the sake of a lot of these startups that that's the case, because this year. Because it came out after budgets were set, I don't think that there was enough opportunity to make investments. But it seems like next year, and also I'm getting I don't know what you're seeing in your discussions, but I'm getting a sense of optimism from folks. Uh, there's clearly change afoot, but I definitely hear more optimism about making investments, expanding teams, the economy, at least here in the US, seeming like, which could. Frankly, change at any moment it seems, but that the economy seems like it's—it's it's, well, we have a lot of uncertainty here, right? We're we're you know entering election season. There's a lot of things happening here in the United States, and I, but I do I do get the sense from folks that uh, there's a little bit more optimism, and with optimism comes opportunity for investment and change. And frankly, I think that people are not as fearful of change. From a business standpoint, do yeah. you know what I mean? I feel like they we've experienced so much dramatic change over the last few years that people are like, well, ah, assuming we don't have some global catastrophe, I think our team <laughs> will be able to handle it. Right. You can work from anywhere. You could, you know, overnight, you can shift everything, all of your processes. And so there seems to be like this fun test that people are going through with their teams. They they they've already experienced so much that they're thinking, ah. Oh, all right. New system. Oh, fine. New piece of technology. Well, we know who's going to test it and who isn't. And I think that there's a lot of that. And, you know, we're all kind of in it together in this point and just in terms of trying to figure this out. Yet another thing where legal is banding banding together, you know, whether you're in-house or in a corporation, uh, you know, in a law firm or anywhere else. And I, I find it I find it, uh, you know, a fun moment at you know in the fourth quarter here.
0: it's a really interesting perspective actually so I suppose if we'd had all of these fast-paced developments pre-COVID we would probably be feeling in a very different we would be in a very different place right like so whereas like it's a really interesting observation that we were hit with the pandemic and, and that accelerated a lot of things that should have happened before for example moving to the cloud although what's interesting is that I think still there's a lot of firms that albeit you know, they managed during COVID. I think that there's still a lot of firms putting in place better better arrangements, better systems, you know, pro- properly moving to the cloud or trying to. Um, I think there's a lot of that core infrastructure work still being done. You know, I know IT teams are so busy um, and looking at some of the stats, you know, it's interesting. ILTA's survey came out in the last week or two um, and it was really interesting to see you know the number of people that are already in the cloud when it comes to things like the DMS. Um, and obviously it's not everybody, right? Like it's, so they've, they've had to come up with arrangements in terms of remote working, but a lot of people are still very much in the cloud journey. It's me to survey if it, it seems like there's only one direction that that's going in and that's absolutely right. But um there's still a lot of really big infrastructure projects. So although I guess you've got that mentality of changes, okay. <laughs> you've still got a lot of stuff that needs to be done right to almost like bring practices up to modern times (laughs) well and i think that the the one
1: thing that is different now you know in the pandemic there was an urgency it was an absolute you either you either pivoted or you didn't function there was no business you couldn't do any work now there is all of what people are perceiving as opportunity, advantage, and an acceleration with respect to generative AI, but the expectations aren't that great. Uh, what's happening is, at least at least based on my conversations, and I'm actually moderating a discussion in a couple of weeks, just between in-house leaders and law firm leaders, to try to understand what do you expect, what are you doing, how are you navigating that kind of timeline? And it just seems like everybody's working through this now. So they wanna work through it in a measured way. There isn't necessarily this external force that's pushing people to make that change and a decision within days or a week. And as a result, people are thinking about, well, what does this tool do? And does it integrate well with what I've already invested in? And is this startup, going to last and do they have the necessary runway to develop what I need them to develop and what what is that service going to look like? And we are really back in a point of moving to another phase of legal tech or legal services, but in a way that allows people to be thoughtful about it. And I think that the clients, meaning the corporate legal departments that are hiring law firms, have an expectation that their firms are probably doing more than they are and that they can trust them, but they're not necessarily expecting them to have it all figured out today. And <laughs> that that sort of gives them some time. And I'm, I'm actually excited. I'm going to the uh, Knowledge Management and, it, and Innovation for Legal Conference uh, that's being run by uh, jo- Joshua Fireman and, and uh, Patrick Domenico in a couple of weeks. And I'm really looking forward to that because those are the folks that are on the ground, selecting technology, implementing it, making choices like this. And not only that, this is not new for these folks. This is a community of people that have been doing it since the beginning. And they're just really applying the strategies that they applied with cloud or whatever document management tools or predictive coding or any other application that was kind of new. They needed to test and they needed to make persuasive arguments and they needed to drive change. And this is yet another milestone in that journey.
0: Do you know what you're talking about? Oh, there's so many thoughts, actually. And I, I must come back to, before we finish to um, I've got to thank you, because after you talking about um, the clock, uh, session that you did at ILTA, I managed to interview Joy Heathrush and Mike Haven referencing select- oh, oh how, how lucky. Companies. I actually yeah. saw that. I actually saw that. Yeah, fantastic yeah. discussion. Yep. Before I come back to that, so don't let me forget remind me. But um so um it, were you talking about t- um tar so um within the e-discovery sector um technology assisted review. What's really interesting about, so there was so much case law, like those guys, yeah, they were at the forefront of all of that. And that was really new and, you know, using technology to do these reviews and, you know, there's lots of case law about, can it be used? And and it would be interesting with generative AI, like there's not, it seems to be just, accepted right like that people are going to be using it and we whereas with with technology assisted review there was so much thought about is it okay to be using it right and all this case law there's obviously the you know actually that you'll remember the definitive case law um that that sort of said yeah no you can use it and then you've got kind of moved to this point where actually you probably from a cost perspective should be using it but it was a really long journey right and whereas now with gen ai it's literally like ha this is it right everybody's just using it and it and there's so many gosh there's so many shortcuts i think being taken and and it's just so different to those early days when these guys were sort of at the forefront of that
1: what i find relatable is that back in the let's call the early days of what you know as you're describing. I think that the legal questions and considerations were different. It seems to me that legal used to be about eliminating risk. In the earliest days, you know, like I'm a lawyer, I'm gonna eliminate as much risk as possible for my client, my client is going to find that of highest value. And then as legal has become much more of a business and the clients recognize that legal can't be the place where everything stops and yet has to be a place that kind of filters out the stuff that needs to stop and then pushes forward the stuff that drives the business forward Uh, i i think that the risk tolerance has changed so whereas before there was this sort of very limited threshold for risk now clients are saying let me decide how much risk give me the give me the landscape where's the where are the boundaries of risk and i'll decide how much i'm willing to take and yeah. as a result you've seen much rapid much more rapid adoption of technology in the sector and yeah. you know the generative ai applications that that i am seeing at the earliest stages are typically not things that are going to determine some threshold issue in court is much more of a let's try this in the office, create some sort of chat bot let's make customer service and legal easier as opposed yeah. to let's try to find the definitive you know case and Needless let's let's that. you know use that right? like to totally reliance on a massive proposition yeah, yeah. or a, a massive due diligence transaction so I think that that that's what's happening but you're you're absolutely correct that has set a very solid foundation. And frankly, I've often said that the folks who were experienced in e-discovery and technology and project management and budgeting are the folks who are now leading legal operations initiatives and they are leading other very high level initiatives as a result of their experience. And it's not surprising to me that ILTA and CLOCK have decided to enter into this informal collaboration because you have incredibly dynamic teams of folks that really have shared experiences uh, at their, you know, base foundation.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a very good segue, Ari. Very good segue.
1: <laughs> that's, that's me. Segway, Segway King. Uh, Seg- actually, actually, I'm terrible with segues on the virtual lunch. The, on the virtual lunch is always a comedy. It's always sort of like we're talking about something and I'm like, and anyway, let's move on. And they're just like, wow, that was not smooth at all. It was like smooth <laughs> as not. I'm not. So, this
0: so, is not you, so, you, we talked about ILTA, and we talked about you yeah. uh, were involved in the Clock Stream, right? And, yes. um So we talked about that in one of the previous podcasts, which was great. Anyway, so I went to Clock in London very recently, and I had a meeting with Mike Haven and Joy Heath Rush was there from ILTA, right? So what's great is that obviously at ILTA for the first time you had this Clock Stream, um, and then at, clock joy was there very it was you know very it felt very significant right so she she made the effort to come over it was just her but um and so we went and sat the three of us um and had a cup of tea we were very British about it (laughs) um and talked about the ways in which they were talking or interested uh, in collaborating and it's such a key moment I think you know you're talking about what the clients expect of the, the law firms and, and how the law firms should be responding—you know—these are conversations that you can't have in isolation, right? They need to be done together. And what better way to do it than for Clock and Elta to collaborate to try and facilitate those high-level? Obviously, this is happening on a client um, law firm uh, basis, but uh, you know, these these are big conversations, and and it's it was so great to see the ideas bouncing off, off Mike and Joy um, in terms of we'll see they're going to uh, potentially do more stuff on a conference at a conference level um, and also the other thing that they were talking about doing is potentially collaborating on a survey together and you know bringing together their own data and they you know they're not joined, obviously joining, but they're very much sort of talking about different ways they can collaborate and Mike has been long said uh, and both of them, actually, that he's really open to collaborating with other organisations for the benefit of the industry. Right. So any of those kind of concepts of um, land grabbing and protectionism, which we have seen. Right. We've seen that there's a sort of you know competitive element to these things that really feels like it's it's being pushed to one side, which is really reassuring.
1: Legal is such a. Unique profession in the way it slices and dices itself. So you know you have you have legal operations and you have law firm technology, which is historically what ILTA has focused on for the most part. But you also have the ACC. You have several paralegal associations. You have e discovery associations. As you know, I'm I'm fortunate to be the chairman of the global advisory board for ASEDS, and that those can. the constituents of that organization and others like EDRM, like they they are part of other different groups and they there's overlap. And so it takes really wonderful leaders like Mike and Joy to say we could exponentially increase the benefit to our members and to our respective communities and the broader community if we could combine rather than separate our different levels of expertise. And so when I was there moderating with uh, Jack Thompson and, and Farrah Pepper, the Corporate Legal Days discussions, it was just wonderful to be in the room and also to create a, a forum in which those who are buying and using and considering technology or different processes are actually having conversations with those who are selling and developing. and that was really meaningful both to those people who are trying to understand how to better serve the buyers and also for the buyers to say, look, we don't need this or that. We really want this other thing which frustrates us that you haven't figured out yet. And I, as you know, do a lot of research where I'm asking people specific questions about vendors and what they like and dislike and very candid kind of commentary. I feel really proud when I share that because you can't always get that, and it's only through some of that constructive feedback that things change and move forward.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And and Joy made the observation: um, people buy from people, right? Like, so this is a tech, this is a tech business, but but actually, it's all about relationships. And and the more we can do to build those relationships and the more we can do to communicate and understand and that's that then we'll start to be able to make you know some 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 difference
1: and both of them have been in the trenches on the ground mike is yeah. obviously still holds a very high level role at intel but he's been a practitioner in house for many years and so i've learned many things from him over more than a decade frankly and joy was of course I think she was at Sidley but she was at a firm in Chicago for many many years leading the charge and also being a leader in her community before becoming the the you know the leader of of ILTA. So both of them bring together a, a wealth of experience and a, a background that puts them in the position of the people that they're helping to serve. And I think that's it's not surprising that you're seeing them kind of push forward in terms of how their respective organizations are serving those who are members because they they know what it feels like and they kind of can anticipate what will be expected. I think the question will be for all of these organizations is not just sort of what's next. It's what will continue to make them necessary. And and relevant. It's not just thinking about the as we become more stratified, you know, and as the the, the sort of the community aspect of a lot of this is so critical and, uh, you know, organization. And and there is just so much competition for people's attention. You know, there used to be a handful of conferences and then the vendors, the companies themselves figured out, you know what, I can. We have such a strong community. Relativity Fest is a great example, right? Relativity Fest started, I'm pretty sure, in 2010. It's an amazing event. It draws almost 2,000 people to Chicago every year who are huge fans of of that the, the software of the community. CleoCon is happening, right? That yeah. is a massive event. It it draws all kinds of fans from all over the world you know it's just you see so you have so ever lost to having an event i don't want to skip people you know i know that Extero had just recently <laughs> had an event so i'll of course have to skip but i manage as you know like they're all these different big hand you know <laughs> but i just i just think it's fascinating that all of these different organizations so imagine you know that if, if relativity started in 2010 it was probably one of the first right and so mm. Before that, you were talking about just industry events, an Eldecon, a Legal Week. It, it, you know, clock was not around at that time. So all of a sudden, you were, you know, just ACC, of course, had events, but now there are just so much. There's so much that you know, people, you know, so much competition for one's attention, and yeah. it just really requires innovative and dynamic leaders to reimagine what are they offering, what are they doing, and they're the best people suited to do that.
0: Yeah, this time of year is crazy. Right, this is the time of year when there's so many things going on. Every so. week, we
1: were just talking about this recently. Uh, this oh idea of just so many things. So you you might you might miss Relativity Fest, but then you'd go to Legal Week, Legal Geek. You might miss Legal Geek, but then you'd go to ClioCon. and then you just it sort of goes on and on and on. And of course, there are only certain times of year where people either have the time and you know have the, the the you know sort of interest and also this is an important time of year right at the beginning of the fourth quarter people are thinking what's what's my plan for next year people are want, want to get into the budget conversation in, in advance and i think that that's a really important thing actually as i'm saying it i'm like gosh i have so many things to do i really want to get into the budget conversation and i think that (laughs) you know there's there's a lot of that there's a lot of that happening so one thing i will just recommend to people as we sort of start to wind down here Mm -hmm. i i think that what's most valuable for people who go to a lot of these events is the follow-up and it shouldn't be lost and i for me personally i always struggle with this and try to figure out how to adequately follow up. I am still following up from from serving as the MC of the Lexpo Conference in June, and so yeah. I I just think that that's a, a really important part of this that people shouldn't. You know, let go, and shouldn't let go too long. So that's almost, in some ways, a charge to myself to say, make sure you follow up with all the people you spoke to at Relativity Fest. And so I suggest that to the folks who went to Legal Geek, and I suggest that to the folks who are going to CleoCon to take a you know advantage of all of that, because a lot of the real work happens in the follow up. The conversation is great. The the idea of saying hello and smile and a hug and the quick drive-by conversation but the, the most meaningful stuff the change that really gets driven happens in the hey let's let's follow up i'll send you my calendar yeah. link you send me yours and we'll see what happens
0: i tell you what i've got um i might do so we'll do an exclusive announcement but i've got we're launching something which i think will help with that um which is really super exciting that we're working on in the background and um, which i think yeah. should be, quite useful for people I are doing an exclusive announcement shortly when it's ready to go. But actually we've got um, just in terms of staying on top of um, doing a bit of a plug actually. So in terms of staying on top of what events there are or sharing your events if people are listening in and they want to make sure everyone's aware of their event on LegalTechnology.com, we have a, an events page where you can list it's, it's all free. I'm not trying to make money out of this. Um, you can list your event and it means that people can a know what's coming up um, or be um, work, yes, yeah, so a up what they want to go to, but also you know when you're scheduling something and trying to find a date that isn't taken, it's quite useful for that. <laughs> um, so if you go to that and just put your put your event in, and then everyone can stay on top of it. But it's always great chatting with you. Um, I can't wait till the next time. Uh, and... I love these conversations, Carol. I love that they're they're
1: free flowing. They're they're you know genuine and authentic. I you know I actually just want to close with that. I think that that is something that I have observed in a lot of different discussions at the events I've been to recently, you know, the the CEO of Relativity gave a really authentic keynote. And I feel like I've seen that more and more where people recognize that we are in many ways, a community, and we are in many ways trying to figure out a lot of these issues together. And we recognize nothing is, is, is perfect at this moment, but, together we'll kind of figure it out we'll share ideas and those who are bringing people together like like jimmy like jack newton you know the folks who are really you know really trying to to create a forum for this conversation are are doing great work and i i just uh i'm glad to be part of it and uh, so wonderful to see you so wonderful to
0: see you too next time